0: This is the time of the year where I dig out those papers. See, over the last month, I get these envelopes. You know what what these envelopes are. You just, before you even get it, you know what's in there. And I have a file. I just stick all those W-2s and 1099, whatever they're called. I just put them all in this file. I don't even think about them. But then, when I think they're all probably here, I crack that file open and I see what's in there and I, you know, look in there and... I did that again this last week. On Tuesday, I dug out all these papers and I'm filling in the information, you know, I'm grabbing all this information out of there and I started thinking. I looked through all these numbers and I looked, what did I spend all that money on last year? Where did it all go? Huh. I'm sure I ate some food so I probably bought some food with that money. I I bought some gas. Bought some gas with that. Um, There's stuff that's maybe meaningful. Maybe we did something and then and then maybe, maybe some things I don't even know. Maybe I don't know exactly where it all went. But th- it happened. I, I have the records, and it all shows there. No matter what, though, I know I didn't spend it all on one thing. I didn't do that. I spread it around. And some of it was memorable, some of it was not. There's a story in the Bible about a woman that took a whole year's worth of income and spent it in a moment. Can you, can you imagine doing that? The casinos would love to talk with you if you're open for that kind of a um, an idea. I don't think that's a good idea, but let's look into this story where, where a remarkable, remember, memorable occasion happened where a Person gave away extravagantly, and it—it's it, not just about money, though. It's, let's let's not get confused that this is about money today. It's about a heart. It's the heart of Mary. It's—it's it's about another man that was there. It's about Judas's heart. In—it's about Jesus' heart. What he has for his people. He would love for each and every one of us to know his heart and to put our hearts in the right spot. I'd like to. Uh, yeah, let's go ahead and let's read the scripture this morning. Ron Matson's going to read from John chapter 12, 1 through eight. If you have the U Version Bible, you can open that up this morning and it's in there as well. I think we have a microphone right here. Do you want to just read it from here?: sure. Ron, All right. So Ron's going to read uh, John chapter, John chapter 12, 1 through eight. And I invite you to follow along this morning. John 12, one
1: through eight. Six days before Passover celebration began, Jesus arrived in Bethany, the home of Lazarus, the man he had raised from the dead. A dinner was prepared in Jesus' honor. Martha served, and Lazarus was among those who ate with him. Then Mary took a 12-ounce jar of expensive perfume made from the essence of nard, and she anointed Jesus' feet with it, wiping his feet with her hair. The house was filled with the fragrance. But Judas Iscariot, the disciple who soon betrayed him, said, That perfume was worth a year's wages. It should have been sold uh, and the money given to the poor. Not that he cared for the poor. He was a thief, and since he was in charge of the disciple's money, he often stole some for himself. Jesus replied, Leave her alone. Jesus did this She did this in preparation for my burial. You will always have the poor among you, but you will not always have me.
0: Thanks, Ron. There is no financial counselor that would have given permission for Mary to do what she did here. Her retirement took a serious hit. Even religious people could have found a reason to not do this. You could give this, imagine the endowment you could set up. You know, we heard about faith and action. You could set up any kind of endowment you can think of. You need to be set for, for life, literally. But Jesus accepts the gift. I don't know, do you have a problem a little bit with that? Doesn't that seem a little bit like self-focused? Isn't Jesus supposed to be a servant of all? Why is he taking this extravagant gift? But this story is included in the Bible and it must be. It's an example of the life-giving God stepping into a person's life and having their heart transformed. And that's what God does. He transforms hearts. As people, we have it, I think, in our minds that heart transformation should look a certain way. We think if someone's heart's transformed, it's going to look like this and they'll do this and then this will happen. But God is not like us. God is not the same as us. He's going to see this world. And he's going to do things differently. And he has a different idea of what heart change could look like. So this story is told around the world and it's told for all time, reminding us of the transformed lives of people that have been around Jesus. The person whose hearts have been transformed, it is clear. And you've met that person. You've met that person. I'm telling you, I met Pat before his life has changed. I can tell you, he is different now. And maybe you've met others that have been like that as well, where you've seen them once, you meet them a few years later, you're like, this is not the same person. So where is your heart? The story is for people that know Jesus well. It's for the well-informed. This is for the person that knows the Bible frontwards and backwards. But this is also for people that are far from God. And if if we could somehow take a snapshot of our, I don't know how we would possibly do this, if you could take a snapshot of a person's heart or our own heart, this message might give us clues as to where our hearts are at. Let's talk a little bit about this nard, this perfume, this fragrance that, that Mary apparently had. Nard is from a, Plant It's from a flower that is found in the Himalayas. It's found in northern India and southern Nepal. And this plant grows only in certain elevations in the Himalayas. So they would have had to somehow get that from India over to Israel. Now, I, today that would be difficult. What would it have taken in, in Mary's day to get that extract from that certain plant over to Israel. I can't even imagine what it would take. And then it, we're told that it's pure nard. So there's two places in the plant. They could draw it from the petals, I guess, is where you can draw this from. But you can get more of it from the roots. And it's not quite as potent from the roots, but it would fill up a pint jar much quicker. But we're told that it's not the same. It's, it wasn't the same. It was the purest, it was the best, it was the best of that NARD. And in order to understand that a little bit better, I'd like you to, I'd like to take you to Harbor Freight Tools, all right? Now bear with me, okay, I was just there, I did some research on NARD at Harbor Freight Tools. Now this, this is how it works. Okay, so I'm in the checkout line and I'm getting sorted whatever I was getting and, and the gentleman in front of me was getting, uh, I think it was an intake pump. There's this machine that's going to, I think, pull water, I guess. And it had a motor, an engine on it. And so I asked him, you know, so what do you know about this machine? What do you know about this quality? He said, oh, it's fine. It's, it's good quality. It's modeled after a Honda. The motor's like a Honda motor. Well, I know what a Honda motor is, and I know what they sell at Harbor Freight Tools. They don't sell Honda motors At Harbor Freight Tools. Why? They're much less expensive. And I think it's kind of a given. If you go there, it's going to cost much less. And it's also not the same thing. When Mary went to anoint, and this is where I'm going with this, when Mary went to anoint Jesus, it would have done enough, the fragrance would have been the same. Nard is nard. If it came from the root, it came from the petal, it came from India. Hey, what else do you want? That was not good enough. And if you look, if, if anybody that cares about intake motors knows a Honda is not the same as Harbor Freight, anybody that knows fragrances knows that nard that is pure is not the same as the stuff that's been mixed in with the root. Mary could only use the finest and best that day. Why? Couldn't the less expensive done the job? Wouldn't that that be good enough? Why can't we just give? Because doesn't Jesus get it? We can can still give him the perfume, but then we can save a lot more for something else. Wouldn't that do the trick? And that's not what happened. To understand what's going on in the story, we should look at Mary's heart. And if you have a program this morning, if you want to fill in the blanks, the first. The first line there is Mary's heart. We're told in the story that we're back in Bethany. We were there last week, now we're back. About a week later in their time as well as ours, we're back in Bethany and imagine this meal. I don't know if there's a meal in the history of the world that would have been more interesting to be at. You got got the disciples all here. That have seen everything. You got Lazarus, he was just dead last week, and now he's raised up. The dead man is alive. You got Jesus over here, this sought after prophet. This is the dinner table that they had that night. Wouldn't that have been amazing to be at that at that supper? And at some point in the meal, and these are all close, this is a very tight unit. They, they know each other well. At some point in time in the dinner, Mary left the room and g- gathered her most valuable possession, a pint-sized bottle of pure perfume. And that's a pretty c- good-sized bottle. It's like if you had a water bottle, if you had a, like a regular 16-ounce bottle, it would be about 12 ounces. So about two-thirds of your standard water bottle. That's a lot of perfume. Can you imagine how much perfume? That's a lot of perfume. That's a lot. And she pours it on Jesus' feet. It's it's no ordinary act. We're told that it was a year's worth of income. How much did you make last year? No, you don't have to tell me, but just think about that for a moment. Twenty thousand, forty thousand, sixty thousand, maybe, maybe more. Do you have anything in your house worth what you made last year? I, I don't have nothing like that at my house. There's I got some I got some stuff I bought at the dollar store. You have to buy a lot of it to get a year's. So what? what's going on here? And so some questions pop into my mind. How did she gather the resources to get this? How, how did she afford it? And then why did she? Was this the family heirloom nard that they're supposed to save for everyone that ever dies in the family? Was this left over because Lazarus didn't need it last week? We don't. We don't know. There's details that are missing from the story. I wish we could know a little bit more, but we're not told those things. The only thing that we are told is this. We are told it, to, it was valuable. And she had a special gift, and it cost her something. Worship that is worth giving is going to cost something. She had a special relationship. Jesus was her Savior and her Lord. She knew that just the week before he'd saved and raised her brother from the dead. So that's meaningful. That's powerful. I think she was also bearing special knowledge. I think she knew somehow that Jesus was going to die. That was was coming. So based out of what she had first received, received this knowledge, received this understanding, received this relationship, she she then could give away what she had to Jesus, knowing what he might be facing. If you had a special relationship with someone and if you knew something significant was coming up, would it change something? Think about this. If let's say in six days from now, think of the most important person in your life, and you knew that they would be forever gone in six days. Would that change things for you? Pastor Kim and I were talking about this and if he knew that that was happening, if Pastor Kim knew that was going to happen, he said, "Vicky, you're going to Switzerland. He says, you would want to go to Switzerland and that's what he's going to do. So if, if somehow he knew that that's where they go. I know for, for Jen, we're going to Hawaii. We're going to Hawaii on Monday. I don't care about school. I don't care what happens. We're taking off tomorrow. We're leaving on an airplane Who cares about any of that stuff, right? Who cares? Because it doesn't matter. If you knew that that person that means the most to you in your life was going to be forever and permanently gone, would it even matter what's in your savings account? If you had that moment, you would want to express to them everything they had. So... If I put myself, it doesn't make sense on the outside, but if I put myself in Mary's shoes and you know Jesus like she did and you knew what was coming, absolutely, what could I possibly give but the very best? That's what I would have to do. A year's worth of income? That's completely worth it. But not everyone thought that way. So we have Judas's heart. What was going on in him? That's number two, Judas's heart. But Judas Iscariot, one of the disciples, he was about to betray him, said, Why was this ointment not sold for three hundred denarii and given to the poor? He said this not because he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief, and having charge of the money bag, he used to help himself to what was put into it. We get this the the translation that Ron read from is the NIV says it was a year's worth of income. We get that from this passage here, the three hundred denarii. A denarii was a one day's wage, and if you take away the Sabbath day, so fifty-two Sabbaths, and then if you take away feast days when you couldn't work as well, you get about three hundred. So that's how we get this one year's income. So the NIV actually does a pretty good job explaining it, but he he basically is saying a year's worth of income of perfume poured on Jesus' feet—that's crazy. But I would say he's just expressing what everyone else is thinking. This gift is wasted. It's going away. We could do so much more with it. Think about Judas's story just a little bit. He'd spent the last three years with Jesus learning from him. This is the master teacher, God's own son, and he'd learned from him for three years. He was probably there at Lazarus' tomb, seeing him rise from the dead. He had heard all the teachings. Have you ever thought this? Maybe if people just knew more about the Bible, wouldn't their hearts be changed? Wouldn't that, wouldn't that change them? What, what, about, what if they saw a miracle, wouldn't that change people? Wouldn't that do it? And I can tell you, Judas heard everything, and he saw the miracles, and it didn't matter. Didn't care. He had Jesus himself. Now, we got some fine Sunday school teachers. You know, Lori Bartnick, I think, does a fantastic job with the children. I'm so glad that our kids get that. He, Judas had Jesus, and it wasn't enough. My Goodness. And we're given some insight at this point. Judas was stealing from the purse. He was sticking it in his own pocket, lining his pocket with this. But that even just emphasizes more the disparity between Mary and him. Mary wanted to give her best. Judas wanted to take for himself. We know this to be true. We can grow up in church. And you've probably seen this. People can grow up in church and they can miss the message. I know pastors whose Children have wandered far from God. I know people that have written Christian literature, Christian books, and they don't believe in it anymore. I know Bible college professors whose children have wandered away from... What, what are you going to do? do? Do we think, do we actually think that, oh, if we could just sit them down and we could read them Romans chapter 8, that will be the one thing that will open their eyes and their hearts will be transformed No, God changes hearts, not people. It's not enough to just have more information, although that is good to have. It is far more critical that we have our hearts changed, And that's what this passage is all about. This, while it doesn't make sense on the outside, it doesn't make any sense to spend a year's worth of income on perfume and break it, doesn't it make all the sense in the world that wouldn't that stand out to anybody in the story, anybody that's watching? If we are extravagant and rich in giving back to God in some way, wouldn't that maybe reach into the heart like no information or words could? If our goal is heart changed, is, is a heart change, an extravagant gift might be completely appropriate question to ask at this point would be where are our hearts where's our heart in this whole thing and what did Jesus have to say about this in that the last line is where are our hearts where is your heart And Jesus said leave her alone so that she may keep it for the day of my burial for the poor you will always have with you but you do not always have me Jesus notes that this gift is completely appropriate because he knew it was coming. What did Jesus need at that mo- at that point more than anything? Did he need gold? Nope. Doesn't need any more money. Does he need new clothes? Nope. Food? Nope. His end was coming and... Maybe insight could be coming from another source. Mark chapter 14 tells the same story, but from Mark's perspective. So it's a little different perspective. And we're told there that Mary poured the perfume on Jesus' head and it probably ran down his, because it's, it's a pint, that's a lot of perfume. Uh, on his head, hit his clothes, ran down and it got to his feet as well. Jesus would have had that fragrance throughout him all the way up into the cross. He would have had that smell hanging over him and with him the entire time. Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, 14-16, through 16, that for some, the aroma of Christ is like life, and for other people, it's the smell of death. I think that when he was writing those passages, he was thinking back to this anointing. He was thinking back to this story. Because Mary's heart, because her heart was changed... Everything she saw, everything she knew about Jesus, it was like, I have to give everything to Christ. Judas smelled the exact same smell. He saw the exact same things. He took it all in and he's like, no, this this is like, what a waste. We should not be surprised that Christ's story and what's written in his word will connect with us at some times and maybe other times it doesn't. And it connects with some people but doesn't. We're reminded all the time that if we are connecting with Jesus Christ, it will bring us to life. And where our heart is, one thing, uh, uh, just a test, where is our heart? If we were to ask that question, where is our heart? Do we care more about where Jesus is? Do we care more about what he is doing in our lives than what even the world might think? Than our investment counselor might think? Than anyone might think? Do we care... Could we somehow put what he would want into our own lives right here? Takeaways maybe from this today. Not just maybe, these are takeaways I think we have to take. We need to first receive God's work in our life. Every single one of us needs that. Do We, do we need Mary's same response, we need that in us. Can we receive from God this spirit? I think, not just think, he, he wants to, he will. He will speak into our life, receive that. Ask him to speak into your life today. We can ask for that. He will speak and he will give you what you need for your heart. We need to receive that. Secondly, we should expect that God's work will surprise us. Don't be shocked when you hear from the Lord and it says to do something that's different than you expect. It may not even look normal to the rest of this world. But if our hearts are moving, that's what could happen. And heart change, that's the work of the Holy Spirit. It wasn't just the gift, it's that, if you look in the story, at least what I read, Mary wanted to give that gift. To me, sometimes, it's not so much What I'm supposed to do. It's do I even have the desire to do it? And maybe you've been there. I know I've, have you ever been in that spot where you're like, I I could really do this? I don't really want to. It'd be really good for me to do something, but I don't know if I, I don't really feel like it, honestly. Wouldn't it be amazing if the Holy Spirit worked in all of our lives so we didn't just give the gifts, we would want to give those things? That would be special. That would be, that's when our lives would be transformed. Now, it might be tempting when we hear a story, and I, I would like to invite the worship team to come on up here. We're going to sing our last song this morning. But it would be tempting at this point. You know what we could do? Oh, there's no worship team? I, I, I saw the closing song in the program, so. I don't, we, we're not going to sing a song. We're just going to wrap up with this, all right? This is where we're going to finish with this, all right? It would be easy at this point. You could get your Bible out. When it, okay, think of this person. Think of the person in your world that needs to be have their heart changed. Can you can you think of that person? Got that person in your mind? All right. Got that person. Put that picture in your mind. All right. Now what we could do is this: we could all get a Bible out. We have Bibles out there in the lobby, and we could we could underline the parts that they most need. Wouldn't that be good? And we could go right up to that person and say. You know, God loves you and so do I and you should read this and pay attention to what I underline because then you really will be changed. All right? Now that might work for some and praise the Lord, His Holy Spirit works in ways like that. But far more likely a message like this, you know who it's for? It's for me. It's for you. He would love to change my heart. He would love to change your heart. He would love to see our lives change. As our hearts and our lives are changed, then out of that is how he might change the lives of other people. Now, would God like to change those people that you thought of? Absolutely. I I know he would. But before we start thinking about stories like Mary's, man, I think it's for us first. May we hear that voice, may we respond to that, and let that be the thing that transforms us. Praise God, his spirit is still working. We can invite that in for our heart change, even today. Dear Lord, I, th- I thank you for this morning. I thank you for the gift of your word that tells us about um, things we probably don't think about much. Nard from the Himalayas. I-, I thank you, Lord, that there's stories like that though that give us details and insight on how you might work in our lives in the lives of those that we care about. Lord, in this room today, there are some people that need to hear from you. They need to understand what that spirit moving in them might look like. I pray that you'd open in their hearts, uh, even if it's a crack, for your spirit to work in them so they could be transformed. And there, Lord, there are certainly some people outside this room today that need to hear this as well. Lord, I pray that that they they would be open to receive it. And Lord, help us to be the gracious people, that not not telling them what they need to do, but maybe we could somehow have an example of this, like the extravagance of Mary, we can speak your truth in a way that they can hear it. I pray that that would be so. I pray, Lord, that you would speak into your people today so that you could transform the lives. Lord, our hearts need to be changed. I pray that would be so. In Jesus' name, amen.